ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fresh Frozen Southerner podcast. My name is Jay. I hope all is well. All right, guys, we're going to do something a little bit different today. I'm not going to be complaining about something stupid that people are doing, and I'm not going to be fumbling my way through a half-assed history lesson. We're going to be doing something a little more existential today. The topic I want to talk about is human evolution and where we're going as a species. I have come across a couple of articles this week, and I was watching a TV show that started talking about human evolution and what we're going to look like 500 years from now or 2,000 years in the future. And basically all these things were asking the question, what is next for the human animal? What is going to be the next step in our evolution? And one thing real quick before we get into the topic, I've seen a lot of times here in the last several years that in a couple of generations, that there won't be any racism anymore because all the races are going to have intermingled and everybody's going to pretty much look the same. And everybody is touting that as that will be the end of racism. You, no, matter, no matter what else happens, that will be the end of racism. And I'm, I'm sure that once it gets to where we're all just a hodgepodge of all the different races, racism, quote unquote, won't exist. I also believe it will take people on the outside five minutes to find some reason to distrust and dislike whatever other group is out there. We've talked about this before. That is an integral part of human nature, and it's not going away anytime soon. True racism may go away. We're still going to hate each other. There's all kinds of reasons. There's still religion. There's politics. There's where you live, where you grew up, where what college you went to. What NFL team you root for, we will find a reason to dislike other groups. It's what we do. It's what we're good at. And it's still going to happen. I don't care what we look like on the outside. Okay, but enough of that. This is actually something that I have thought of before, but seeing those articles and watching that TV show, it kind of brought these thoughts back to the forefront. And I wanted to do the show on this. And it's simply this. Human beings are not evolving anymore. We have turned the engine off on evolution. Now, of course, there's always going to be changes to our genome. That happens every time a baby's born, and it happens through an individual's lifetime. As cells reproduce, DNA does not get copied down exactly the same way every single time. Things change over time. That's always going to happen. But a lot of people seem to have the belief that evolution is a straight line and there is some logic and a predetermined destination that evolution is trying to get each species to. That's not how evolution works at all. Evolution is basically a series of happy accidents. You only see the happy accidents because all of the unhappy accidents get eaten by a tiger But evolution, a good analogy for evolution is if I put a hundred kids on a soccer field and blindfolded them and then told those kids to turn in place for one minute and at the end of that minute, start walking. Now, the goal that I'm hoping for is that somebody will walk into the goal net at the end of the field. Now, the kids are blindfolded. They don't know which way they're facing. They don't know which way they're walking. But if I did that enough times, eventually one of those kids would happen to walk into the net. It wouldn't be intentional on the kid's part. It would just be the way things worked out. And that's kind of how evolution is. The only real difference being that evolution does not have a goal in mind. 
Evolution could be summed up pretty succinctly by just saying it's happenstance. As animals change over time, some of the changes for their particular habitat, it will make them better equipped to survive in that habitat, and some of these changes will make them less equipped to survive in that habitat. And here's a good way to think about that. We always hear that predators, when they're hunting herd animals, they'll pick off the older animals, the weaker animals. And when you say weaker animals, you're talking about either animals that have suffered some sort of injury or the infants. And it's usually the infants when you're talking about weak. So let's say there is a gazelle on the African plains that their genes mutate a little bit and their offspring are much faster to learn to walk and much better at running it at like a day old. The offspring of that gazelle has a much lower chance of being caught and eaten. And if we assume that that is a dominant trait, all of those gazelles' offsprings will have that same advantage. And over time, where other weaker gazelles get caught and eaten, the genes of this more adapted gazelle will thrive and eventually become the only gene there is. Once you reach that point, the environmental pressure switches to the predators because it's going to be much harder for them to successfully hunt food. They're going to be struggling to survive until some new genetic mutation or even just a slight shift in camouflage. Maybe they'll get a little faster. Maybe they'll be able to turn better at a full sprint. And it might be just simply that the predators would get a little bit more intelligent, be able to come up with better hunting tactics. In both of those scenarios, the animals are not making a conscious decision to move in a certain direction. It is just the luck of the draw. Sometimes you get dealt a good hand, and sometimes you get dealt a bad hand. But as important as the changes that happen in individual animals is the changes in the habitat as well. The pressures from the habitat has as much, if not more, to do with what makes a successful or unsuccessful change come about. Alligators are all over North and South Carolina. They're perfectly adapted to that climate, but if we slip back into a colder period and the winters in North and South Carolina become much more harsh, they are not going to be well adapted to that. And what you're going to see is the alligators are going to die out unless you get further north, like southern Georgia and Florida. Another good example of this is imagine there's a type of moth that lives in a forest. And in this species of moth, there are two color variations. There's a dark brown moth and a very pale gray moth. Now, both these are the same species, just a little bit different coloration, and these moths live happily in this forest until one day a forest fire comes, and it does not burn their forest down, but it comes very close. And so now all the trees, all the bushes, everything in that forest is covered in soot. That means that there's nowhere for the light gray variant of that moth to land that they don't stand out like a sore thumb. And so birds gobble up all the light gray moss, the dark brown moss, survive because they are better camouflaged to the new surroundings. And from that point forward, that moth is always going to be dark brown because the traits that brought about the light gray variant have been removed from the gene pool. And that really encapsulates evolution in a nutshell. People seem to be uncomfortable with the idea of this, but the 
the harsh reality is that evolution is just pure luck and blind chance. Which brings me around to my declaration that evolution is not occurring for human beings anymore. Now, again, there's always going to be mutations in our genes. There's always, there's something called genetic drift, which is basically when egg and sperm combine, what results is not a perfect amalgamation of the father's genetic code and the mother's genetic code. Uh, Things are going to combine in unexpected ways. Uh, Some genes will just spontaneously change themselves completely. Um, things will express themselves in unexpected ways. It, there's always changes that happen. Um, I myself, I do not have wisdom teeth. Now, I don't mean that they were removed. I never grew wisdom teeth. Now, according to scientists, this is a step forward in human evolution because wisdom teeth are a vestige of Neanderthal DNA, uh, the Neanderthal's skull was much larger than a modern human. Their jawbone was much larger. They had room for an extra set of molars that would come in when you were about 20. Uh, if you talk to anyone that had their wisdom teeth removed after they started to come in, they will let you know that it is extremely crowded when they start coming in and it hurts like hell. But again, that's something I never had to face. That I simply never had wisdom teeth. So that's proof positive. I am a mutant. They're actually going to put me in the next X-Men movie. Uh, my superpower is the ability to avoid expensive dental procedures. Now, you may be wondering why, if these things are still happening, why I say we're not evolving anymore. Well, it's because, as we discussed a moment ago, the habitat that you live in is a huge part of how animals and plants evolve. The habitat is the judge, jury, and executioner of whether a change is beneficial or detrimental. Before I launch into this explanation, I just want to make it very clear that I am not saying that people that are born with a condition should be allowed to die. That is not what I'm saying at all. I am not a proponent of eugenics. I'm simply stating facts. And if you think I sound cold-hearted or brutal in any of my assessments, you're just going to have to deal with it. Again, I'm not saying that we should not treat people medically if we have a way of prolonging someone's life. That's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is that through our technology and our medical advancements, we have managed to remove a lot of the pitfalls, a lot of the dangers and Therefore, and possibly unfortunately, we've removed a lot of the consequences of everyday life. It is totally okay for someone to be 200 pounds overweight and completely out of shape now because you're not going into the woods on a daily basis where there are mountain lions and wolves and bears that might decide to chase you down and eat you. Um, my eyesight is very bad. If I was born a thousand years ago, I would struggle mightily all through my life. Today, whenever I leave the house, I put in a pair of contact lenses that correct me to 2020 and I go about my business. It medical advancements has made it so that that very detrimental condition for me personally is a mild inconvenience. I've got to take care of these contact lenses, you know, I got to pop them out every night, clean them. I can't sleep in them if I doze off on the couch and I wake up, my eyes are dry and gritty. 
but again, that's such a minor inconvenience compared to what that condition would have been for 99.9% of human existence. Type 1 diabetes, individuals born with type 1 diabetes, uh, for most of human history, those people unfortunately died very young, but they also died young enough that they were not having children and passing that gene on. That was actually slowly being taken out of the human gene pool now that we have medical treatments for that and people born with type 1 diabetes can live a full and mostly normal life, you're starting to see instances of type 1 diabetes rise a little bit, and that's going to continue to increase as our population increases. You will see an increase of a condition that under normal circumstances, natural selection would have eventually eliminated from the human gene pool. And that really is the heart of the issue. A natural selection does not apply to humans anymore. We have overcome all of our predators. We have made it so that our environment does not really affect our survivability because we all have houses. We have central air, central heating. Most humans on this planet have plenty of food to eat every day. We have tamed our environment to the point that we are no longer under any type of pressure from the environment. So while we are changing as a species, the environment is not honing that into a specific direction. We're just kind of all spreading out. It's like you've poured water on a concrete and that puddle is just going in all directions. Um, if anything, we may actually, if given enough time, if anything doesn't change, it'll get to where there are multiple identifiable species of modern human. We may get so far in opposite directions that a scientist could actually say this is a different variant of a species, sort of in the same vein that all dogs are canines, but there is a huge difference between a Basset Hound and a Great Dane. Same species, very, very different animals. But that will only happen as long as things don't change from the way they are right now. Uh, but if you listen to the last episode, you'll remember that I said change is the only constant. Well, things on this planet always change, and that means that they could change beyond something that we could adapt to, even with all of our technology, even with all of our knowledge. I said in the last show that there is a 50-50 chance that we are coming out of the Ice Age, or this is just a lull and we may go back into it. Well, if we go back into a period of serious glacial activity, a lot of the temperate zones on this planet, which is where all the livestock is raised and crops are grown, will be under a layer of ice. And it is very hard to grow corn or rice or wheat. Or Man, we eat a lot of grass. The stuff that feeds most of the planet, the grains that are grown in the temperate zones, all of those crops will die. If that happens, we're at getting close to 8 billion people on this planet. It could, that could very easily drop to a couple of billion people in a very short span of time. The famine that would follow that and the starvation of the population would be unbelievable. It would be something unprecedented in human history. And like I say, that could very easily happen. 
you know, despite what the experts say. And you've got to keep in mind the experts just in my lifetime have told me to be on the lookout for the next ice age. And then there was about a 15, 20 year period where we were all going to die in a fiery flood. And now they're back to ice age again. I've been told three different things, of course, two different things, but three at different times. None of them have happened. So the only thing that we do know for sure is that the experts don't know. But eventually something is going to happen that is going to put pressure on the human species. As a matter of fact, to a small degree, we've been living through something like that in the last year. I'm speaking, of course, of the COVID virus. Now, the COVID is a new virus, or at least a significantly different strain of a virus that's been around. And we've heard a lot about herd immunity. We've got to reach a point where we have herd immunity, and then it'll be safe to go back outside. Unfortunately, the way a population reaches herd immunity is that there are going to be people that just genetically are very susceptible to a new disease. And part of reaching herd immunity is that unfortunately the people that genetically simply cannot deal with the new disease are going to die off. Again, I'm not trying to sound callous. This is simply the way nature works. And we have seen that principle at work with the COVID virus. Pretty apparent that this virus seems to affect elderly people a little more aggressively than a lot of other viruses. We've seen a lot of deaths in nursing homes and among the elderly at large. It also seems to affect people that are obese as well. Now, particularly in America, we have got a pretty significant problem with obesity. And a lot of the people that have died that you've seen have been like 30 years old, 40 years old. When you see the weight of these people, they were morbidly obese. I'm not sure why the media does not want to bring up that fact. They talk about underlying medical conditions. Well, being way overweight is an underlying medical condition. That puts strain on every system of your body. It makes you more susceptible to diseases like COVID. Now, one thing I have seen a lot of in the news is that African-Americans seem to be affected more by COVID than a lot of other races. And Asians are not getting this at nearly the rate as white people are. Well, if you look at a chart of how obese a population is by race, you'll see that African-Americans have a much higher incidence of being obese. Whitey's right in the middle. Asians have a very low instance of being obese. I mean, it follows that chart of who was being affected by COVID exactly. And I feel like Dr. Fauci and some of these other doctors that have been on the news spouting their opinions for a year and a half should have brought that up. You know, hey, maybe this is a good time. We need to eat a little less junk food, do some more exercising. You know, the sort of thing that this could have been a very teachable moment and possibly we could have killed two birds with one stone. But then you'd be fat shaming people and we just simply can't have that. Of course, I would argue that I would rather have somebody call me chubby than kill me. Uh, but that's just me. I've got some pretty strange ideas about things. And a lot of these people, they put up the cry all the time. One death is too many. You know, one death is too many. I don't want to see anybody die. But I understand that death is a part of life. I don't understand why people don't want to talk about this fact. We all have it coming. I am going to die someday. 
Something is going to kill me. I don't know when it's going to happen, and there's nothing I can do to stop it. I certainly hope I don't die next week from COVID-19, but I understand that there is a possibility of that happening. Anytime I step outside of my house, there are 10,000 diseases I might catch that could possibly kill me. Life has risk. This was something that could have been discussed and maybe some good positive changes could have come from this, but we really dropped the ball on that. It, you know, the one death is too many, just it drives me insane. The average number of deaths every second on this planet is two. Two people die every single second. Now that's out of 8 billion people, so two a second is really not that big statistically speaking. But just in the time I've been running my mouth about evolution, close to 2,500 people have died. Instead of saying that one death is too many, we need to focus on getting that number down as low as humanly possible. You know, we could take advantage of this time that natural selection is sort of on pause and use this time to evolve our thinking a little bit. Just a thought, just a suggestion. All right, guys, that's about all I've got for you today. Hey, once again, I appreciate you sitting with me. Uh, this is a little bit of an odd topic for the show, but it was something I wanted to discuss. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you'd like to leave me a comment, as always, you can shoot me an email at freshfrozensoutherner at gmail.com, or you can go to the Fresh Frozen Southerner page on Facebook and leave me a comment there if you'd like. All right, guys, I hope you have a good rest of the week. I will talk to you on Friday. Uh, get outside and enjoy a little sunshine and fresh air. And I will talk to you again on Friday. Thank you very much, guys. Have a good night. Mm-hmm.